welcome back to Psych Your Life. My name is Miriam Mooney and I am your host. Um, on the podcast, we talk about all things related to understanding why you are the way you are and what you can do to become the best version of who you can be. If you have been finding the podcast helpful and insightful, please, please, please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends. All that jazz is super helpful in helping to get the word out there so the more people kind of have access to this important, essential information, tools, resources. Um, on today's episode, I talked to Monique Rogers, who is a social entrepreneur and environmental advocate, and also teaches mindfulness and movement to individuals and organizations to help them with their well-being. Her three self-care practices of the moment that are keeping her sane are quite simple, really, but super powerful. So drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and trail running. Time outdoors is so important and like so, so uh, valuable. In our conversation today, we talk about redefining movement, what it is, a new perspective on boundaries and how to approach them. I really like that one. And also sharing some tools to help navigate uh, more difficult times in your life. So without further ado, uh, let's have a listen. Hi, Monique. So lovely to have you on the show. Hey, Marin. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for opening up this conversation. Mm, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I really, you have a way of speaking that's just so both really real and honest, but also like deep and, and insightful. So I'm super, super excited to see how the conversation goes. Me too. And, and I really love you have a very uh, unique, and, and I mean, I'm sure other people use it too, but a unique approach to movement. And I'd love to hear what you mean by, by movement. Good question. This is an ever evolving question slash answer. Um, so I used to, I, when I got my, uh, my yoga teacher certificate, I was very proud to call myself a yoga teacher. It was just that emerging, you know, that at the, where the peak of it hadn't yet come and people were just finding out that becoming a yoga teacher was this very possible, tangible thing. Mm. And I really loved it. And I connected very well with it until I, I wanted to teach and I was coming up with sequences and I thought, no, actually yoga, I find quite limiting. And so then I shifted quite gradually and then very quickly to movement. Movement is, it is, it includes yoga. Yes. But it also includes in whichever way your body, you calls you to move. Like, where is it that, and what is it that you want to do? What are the muscles? Where are you, where are you holding tension? Where are you, what haven't you moved for a while? Where haven't you moved for a while? And that can't all be, um, covered in certain asanas and yes asanas are going to help you get some of it but your own there there are no words there are are no positions that can cover everything that your body needs to cover and that's why I say movement because I feel like it's more accessible sorry more inclusive for one and then also accessible for people who don't connect with the word yoga so people like my family for example, they will, they will connect, they connect way more with the word movement than yoga. Just the moment I say, we should do some yoga together. They honestly, it's like a barrier has formed. And when I say we should do a session, like a movement session, open, open, it's like night and day. And that's 
that was the primary driving force behind me making that shift was was actually my family. Mm, I, 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 that's so true, I think, because I think there's also like a certain image associated mm -hmm. with yoga and there's like certain philosophies associated with, with, with yoga. And if you don't identify with those, yeah. then, then you, you, you know, you don't want to do it, but it is something like so beneficial and so helpful that, that everyone can, can benefit from. So, so labeling it that way, I think makes a difference. Marin, this was the thing that was going to come out. You know how we were wondering what was the thing that was going to come out that we didn't think about? <laughs> it was inclusivity and accessibility to yoga. Mm. Is, it's something I'm only beginning to open up conversation now because I'm only starting that to see because, because my body looks like it is it is what it is i have i have that structure and so do you and many teachers do and that's why you know if you are just naturally flexible or if you have you know a good metabolism you're gonna fit that you're gonna fit that cue and so it's so important for teachers like us to to recognize and say yes my body looks like this but yours doesn't need to um and that that inclusivity because because it's in the very essence of yoga, isn't it? You know, unite mm. um, the coming together, no matter what that look, what it looks like. Um, and quite honestly, it's a it is an interesting path to walk because you you have to do your research for one. You have to speak to people um, and ask them how they feel and why they just feel disconnected from the word yoga. And that's where it gets very interesting and people are very willing to talk about it actually. Mm. And, and I think that that is the point is that it's, it's about, you know, it's a personal thing and it's figuring out what works for you. I mean, there's no point in doing something else that somebody tells you is good for you. If it doesn't, you know, it's just not for you. And I think what you said a, a little while back was just like, about movement really being this this presence with your body and being with the body and, and and what's happening in the body um so i was just curious just to briefly touch on mm. what actually that might look like you know does it look like jumping around does it look like you know stretching does it look like yeah. there's movement within a studio and there is movement outside um, outdoor movement so i'm going to start with indoor movement because that's a little bit more it's simpler to cover so that looks like asanas when I say studio, I also just mean your own bedroom, your own, your own home, um, and just the types of movements um, or movement practices that can be practiced in an indoor space, rather. So definitely, yeah, yoga. Um, <laughs> dancing. Murren, you did that dancing challenge a couple mm. of months ago. Yes, dancing. And you can dance for ages, but I genuinely, what... A three-minute dance, where that can transport you to and from, it is so good. Yeah, there. It's, I have no. Literally, you know, I have no word for it. It is. It's transformative. There we go. That's a yeah. good place for the word. It's transformative. Just what three minutes can do. Non-judgmental movement. It could also just be fun, like isolated tracks. Because I know not dance doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone. Because we've some people we some of us feel disconnected from it women naturally connect better to dance i know my partner mm. tom he loves to dance but if, if prompted especially in a studio space would make him feel very uncomfortable and if i said to him oh tom just just dance in your bedroom for three minutes the man will not do that <laughs> it's not what how society had told him 
what was good for him or like what was expected of him. But um, what really, he is open to yoga and um, just like jumping sort of things, like jumping, lifting your hands up. I feel so ridiculous saying this because it's so simple and because, and it feels ridiculous and I've questioned myself, you know, and I'm going to return to that. Let me just say all the things now. Jumping and like doing jumping jacks. So a mixture of playful movement mi mixed with fitness is a really good um it's a really good practice for people who don't feel that they can connect with like creative or movement practices. So childlike movement, so handstands, cartwheels, silly dancing. Um, I feel like a lot of these overlap as well, but I'm just saying them as they come out. Yeah, playful practices. And I think like movement can be pretty much anything, but the point is also, I think that you're, you're present with it. You're focused on it. Um, mm. at, at the time that it's happening. And I think that's where it can be extra beneficial rather than if you're slightly distracted. Maren, it actually brings me to something that you said in an email that you sent me, um, the very first email that you sent me. It was about, it's a embodying, coming into your body. Um, the whole idea, and, and that's something I've needed so deeply in the last few months, is, is stepping out of my mind and just, just dropping from my mind rather into my body. And I look at, in yoga, we have the three, you know, the triangulation of your, your body, your mind, and your soul. And, or spirit, you know, whichever, whatever you would like to call it. And I feel, I, I feel like as a spirit or a soul, I've been giving these two, these two things, my body and my mind. And I, I definitely use my mind. All of us do. We think, we read articles, we have conversations, just all driven by our brain slash our mind. And we have this other tool, which is our bodies. And that's such an underutilized, equally valuable vehicle. And, you know, our bodies call for us to like move out, but we just live in the minds. And it's, I, I have this very comical conversation on this dialogue between the body and the mind, where the mind is even saying, you know, like, okay, um, you can hand over to the body at like any time. Just, just, just say the word. I'm ready to hand over. I've like, I'm so over inundated. Please, can you hand over to the body? And then we're just like, yeah, um, I'm gonna get there. And we don't, we don't quite get there um, until we do. And then we have to constantly remind ourselves how good it is to to move. And that moves into that answering the second part of your question: movement in an outdoor spaces and what that looks like. That is infinite. It's expansive. Spending time in in nature, moving whether that's I can just name a few, and then of course, um, use your imagination. Uh, hiking, walking, running, trailing, kayaking, swimming. Yeah, and then I'll leave the rest. <laughs> use your imagination you know moving in outdoor spaces fundamentally movement for me the principle of is dropping out of your mind and into your body because your body is an equally valuable vehicle that we've been given to live this life and it's there and ready and waiting mm. and just that emphasis on how equally important it is as our, to our mind and because in our society, in this very like apex capitalist society, we have favored logic and we have favored mind. And, and this, by extension, puts the body at a different level, but really they're equally as important. Because mm. actually made me think I've, I've been, I've had something I've been noticing in myself recently that I'm just starting to associate as probably related to the fact that I have had a strong movement practice for a good while now. 
Mm. Um, but it's just like in talking in therapy and I was talking about how I, I sometimes I get into these almost these these trauma tra trauma responses but like not super trauma but just like I, I go into fight or flight mm. and actually my, my the thing that draws me into awareness that that's happening is a physical sensation I notice mm. the physical thing first and foremost which is what it what informs me that goes on and then you know I, I try and and work you know with my breath to help to stabilize me but i think it is having that strong connection with my body that has enabled me to realize what's going on rather than going straight to the mind and, and having that those spiraling thoughts without realizing that it's a, a traumatic or it's a triggered response <laughs> yes support words fail me sometimes yeah. i feel that Mm. yeah um just that that listening to your body honoring that knowing that that call that indication is is valuable that your body has something to say to you mm. that is as important as a thought yeah and i think it's great because you, you can then like work with the body to help work with everything <laughs> the mind and, and yes, emotions are, and like, do you know and you know when they, there's this sort of idea that the mind is the enemy in terms of like intrusive thoughts or like overthinking or overstimulation and taking in so many things but there i read i i don't i don't enjoy that framing of the mind the mind is in no way um an enemy and is not to be tamed in any way through mindfulness or meditation no what no um the mind is just responding to stimulus and situations that has it resulted in that behavior or patterns. Um, your mind is always in relate in a positive relationship with your your body. Or um, an optimal optimal benefit would be if the two are in in a good relationship. But there, you know, your mind is it's a part of you, and in bottom line, in no way your enemy. Mm, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. The mind, I think, gets a really hard time, and. It, it has a purpose it has a value it's just it's not letting it totally run the show and knowing that that sometimes your thoughts are just your thoughts mm. um going off in a different direction i was mm. just wondering because i know you've mentioned to me that you've been struggling a little bit your yourself um mm. in the last few months and i think it'd be nice to talk about that just to maybe see what what you know these practices look like mm in everyday life and how they impact the way you, you navigate um, harder, harder periods of your life? Um, yeah, I have drawn on my own practices, my own teaching in the last four months, roughly more than I have ever in my entire life. And it's, there's been this shift from what's been something nice to do and something to that helps with little things in your body and in your mind to something that has been essential for me. Uh, it's not something that is just nice. It's something that is necessary. Um, I need it in my in, in a, on a day-to-day -day basis. And there's been a deeper appreciation, a deeper sinking into my own practice, a deeper understanding um stronger connection you know I, I imagine these strands that connect me to my practice and they've gone from strands to like very very strong cords or like um trunks 
you know, that have connected me to my practice. So what seemed to be quite nice and light is now a very a deep, necessary um, sort of connection. Um, and that's come from, I think I had a very positive outlook. I, I'm a serial optimist and not ashamed to say it. Um, I think I am I too. <laughs> <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so when COVID hit, I thought, you know what? This, we've got this. We've got this. We've got all of the resources that we need. We're privileged enough to have homes and to be safe. Yes, we are learning a lot about our, our communities. We're able to connect online. And I, you know, I immediately jumped all the things that were working. And... I didn't realize that it was going to be so long, like everyone else. And so now those mechanisms that were put in place for what can only really be put in place for a short amount of time has now been in place for extended periods of time. And now it's reaching an end. And so I felt like this, I felt like damn walls were breaking, you know, and all of it was just pouring. Pouring's not even the word, like whatever forceful feeling, like, whatever word means more, you know, it was brutal, Marin. It was, mm. it was brutal. And I just like, yeah, that was, and that's what happened at all. The damn wall broke and my, my practices, you know, pulled me, pulled me out. Um, my practices do pull me out. My practices are pulling me out through this, you know, just saying what I'm saying to you now, having this conversation, it's integrated into every breath because because I've so so earnestly and so sincerely needed it and the I, I kind of just wanted to have very clear points when I spoke to you today so I can really leave um, leave people who are listening with with digestible integratable information or tools you know yeah. and it's movement and I know that that's really vague, but that's also our respective tasks as humans on this planet is to take, take what we, what we are hearing and make that our own, you know, um, everybody, every life is, is so different, so vastly different that no other human can tell you what is right or wrong for you. And that is sometimes annoying because sometimes I know you just want something, you want somebody to tell you like, pick the blue t-shirt, you know, you don't want them to say like, whichever t-shirt you would like, that's the t-shirt you should choose. But that is our duty. That is our responsibility. Mm. And, and you know, what helps with it is, is humor to have to bring play and you have to have a sense of humor um i found that i i get very serious especially with my meditation and my mindful practice and i take it quite like you know i'm very proper about, about it but you you absolutely have to have a sense of humor you have to meet yourself somewhere and humor is that bridge it's like yay don't worry you're gonna be fine okay yes it's shitty now and you're it's like it's hard um but you have you've got to you've got to bring you and play into it and i sometimes feel like being silly by myself is really fun um and i you are connected with that child and i i've stopped suppressing my inner child i'm like i don't care whatever your values sorry or um the outlook on life and you might think i'm childish but it 
is what it is. I am a child. And I just, I pull that, the child that I've suppressed so long within myself and I've brought it up and I was like, there is, you're not going anywhere. You know, you're going to stay here because I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Um, thank you for all the good teachings. And mm. yeah, it kind of ties in with that I have this, this idea that we were born quite like in this all knowing and like this pure, like where we don't discriminate, we don't judge. Um, these are all kind of things that we were taught um, by society, by how we, how we moved through life, right? And like, this is what is right, this is what's wrong. And so there's this, that unlearning that, we've, that we're all very familiar with. And that, it, that implies that you as a child were, were trustworthy, like the opinion or like the world views of, of you as a child is solid. And that helps me value that because we've, there's this sort of idea that um, if you're childish, it's, it's not, it's too playful, it's too something, it's too, it's too not what is right. It's not too, being an adult, basically. It's not being an adult, yeah, sorry. You have too many words for just what could have been very simply been. <laughs> but yeah, so movement, movement and, and play. And yeah, yeah I, I'm just nodding <laughs> repetitively. I, I really agree so much with all that you're saying. And you're actually reminding me, I, I really need to bring some more um, movement and play back into my life because I, I do. I, I, you know, I start getting very serious sometimes. And yeah, there's something really nourishing about, about play. There's a, there's a value there that we've undermined for too long. Mm. We end, it's just time that we disconnect that undermining from the word play or childlike um, and connected with, with value and, and, and substance, you know, play is play and humor. How good does it feel when you laugh? You know, when you laugh so hard that your tummy is sore. There is, there's nothing better than that. And it's so releasing, you know, when you're like, just come up from like five minutes of continuous laughter and you're just like, oh, you're almost delirious, you know? Yeah, that's a great feeling. You know, like we know this already. We know what's good for us. Come now, just do it, you know? This is like, there's this, like, yes, discipline. Absolutely, discipline must be applied. But then there's that compassion, so meeting meeting yourself with with compassion and firmness i think um again the english language doesn't seem to have the words that i need to express what i'm trying <laughs> to say but i will i will use these words and i hope that my intention behind them is actually communicated through the seemingly limited linguistics the third thing that has been Oh, I, I feel like it's so dramatic to say life-saving, but that has been so good for my sanity is, is setting, how can I say this in a different way? Is saying yes to me, saying yes to, to spending time by myself, saying yes to staying in bed, saying yes to sleeping in, saying yes to a word that'll help people better understand it is boundaries. Clear boundaries will save your life. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
And, and that is, and that's not to say that anyone else is, we, we weren't taught to, we, as, especially as women, Mirren, especially we're always told, if you want to be liked, if you want to be kind, this, it means saying yes to everything, even the things you don't want to do. And don't worry, those things will end and then eventually you'll get, you know, some time to yourself, which is not the truth because if you keep on saying yes to everything else, you're just never going to have time for yourself. And it is absolutely not selfish, you know, and I'm so happy that people are having this conversation now because this thought came to me a good few years ago and I voiced it to a very good friend of mine, Kurt, and I spoke to him and I was just like, do you know what I just realized? is that when we say yes to ourselves, that that doesn't mean saying no to other people because other people also want to say yes to themselves. So if you say yes to yourself, that is an indication or like a clear communication to others that they can say yes to themselves too. And that doesn't mean they don't love you. That doesn't mean that you know, you're not loved or valued or held or supported. No, because community is always going to be your community. I, I think, yeah, we do. We give permission to others to say yes. And I love how you're focusing on saying yes to yourself and put, making that the priority of, of how you're describing this. Mm -hmm. I think that's super valuable and makes a point. And something I read once about um, this topic is that also, if we say yes to others when we don't really want to, mm. we can end up resenting them and subconsciously communicating that resentment, mm. um, which isn't good for the relationship in the, in the long term, short term, any term. Marin, yes. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I'm really grateful that you're saying that because... Um, when you say yes and you say yes and you say yes and you say yes and then you just feel so resentful and there's just and you love that person so much and then there's this conflict so in rewording it in saying no it does not mean that you don't love that person it just means that you really need time for yourself it means that you really need time to just be to be quiet to value your silence and especially on a day like today in south africa it's winter um, and it is cold, but blue, blue skies, completely sunny. And so it's very South African culture. And I think that it's very present in Australia and in the Southern, in the Southern Hemisphere is that in winter, we don't have that, like the lashing rain that calls us and like holds us in our homes and, and allows us to be reflectful, reflective and, and silent and just be, you know, we have, uh, we, in that way, our landscape it's very interesting because I feel like the Northern Hemisphere, your landscape supports that, you know, the, the climate supports that, the way when it's raining, you feel like you have this out from the weather to say, you know, let's rain check, quite literally, let's have a rain check. In winter, mm -mm, in South Africa, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> people are out. I'm like, what is going on? I was driving, the roads are busy. Mirren, it's literally, it's like mid, it's winter solstice. It's just after winter solstice. Okay, wow. Yeah, I know. I think it's really valuable having the seasons that, that prompt us to, to take that time to go inward, to slow down and, and process. And that when I do, sometimes I like what, I know some people, what, com what comes through for, for my sisters, for example, is because you're so used to spending time with other people that when you spend time by yourself, 
you immediately associate that with feeling lonely. And so you have to, and that is also a path that you have to walk. You have to spend that time by yourself so that you can tra transition from feeling lonely to feeling, to know that lonely and alone is not, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. To be alone does not mean to be lonely. Alone is, there's that famous quote by some Northern Hemisphere British man who says like, it's the most dangerous thing to find out that you love spending time by yourself because then you'll never want to spend time with anyone else. <laughs> um, and then as a mantra, like if ever my sister will listen to this podcast, when you find yourself feeling lonely, that is a very external feeling, right? Your, your focus and your awareness is, on, is outside of your body, which is normally where we are giving awareness and focus and attention and love. It's outside of ourselves. It comes from within and it goes to mom, dad, friend, dog, landscape. Oh, how beautiful that thing is. And when there's nothing to comment on, when there's nothing to be on that other end, you're, you're with yourself. And then instead of focusing on the lack of your external to shift that and just put your hands here on your heart and your center of your body and I'm here. I am here. I am here. I am here. Uh, I just want to stay here and be here for a little bit. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. But I guess we can probably wrap up now. Um, I know you, we, we were saying maybe we come up with some questions that people can journal on. So as a disclaimer before, because there's something I wanted to say initially is and I said it to Marin and I think that's why I kind of it's only coming out towards the end again is is that yes I am a teacher but I have nothing to give you that you don't already know and that you don't already have I can offer my own experience which has come through this conversation with Marin and I urge you to take what you need and honestly, just leave the rest behind. Chances are very high that I've said something that doesn't resonate with you. You don't need to keep that to be your own. Just release that. There's so much going on in your mind already. Just cut that. Only take the nuggets, even if it's one thing. Just take that one thing and integrate that in, a, in whichever way it works for you. And that applies to everything, hey, Marin? Everything. You don't have to carry it. How are you going to carry everything? Mm -mm, no, cut, release, leave, carry on, girl. You have far to go and lots to do. You don't need a big backpack with all your all shit that you don't need. Mm -mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, questions that we had. So, we looked at inclusivity very briefly. We looked at accessibility. We looked at movement. Um, boundaries, saying yes to yourself, and then humor. So perfectly, uh, a perfect segue from what we've just said. We're going to just trial run some questions and then take the ones that you want and just think about them if you're listening to this whilst you're walking or driving. Um, if you feel inclined to, you know, bring it into your new moon, full moon practices, your journaling practices, you can journal about it. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll cop, I'll write them out, type them out in the um, episode description so that um, you can come back to them when uh, at a later date if you want. You see, you see this woman though. Can you hear? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
So, Moon, did you have any questions that you would like to, in terms of what we've just said? I, I would just like to hear from you, honestly, um, please, okay. if that's okay. Hmm. Um, I'm going to start with probably the stickiest one and the one that I want, almost want to leave till the end to give myself, but I'm going to start with it, inclusivity and accessibility. So, um, what is a more inclusive and accessible yoga space mean to you? Have you ever felt excluded? Have you ever felt that you weren't considered in a sequence, a class, a retreat, um, just in general, social media even? Um, that's quite an expansive one. Um, and then as a follow-up question, what, what if you have what does it look like? What does a more inclusive, accessible space look like to you? What do you need? What are you calling for? What do you, what are you asking for? Um, what does that look like for you to feel comfortable, accepted, and held, and in in a yoga space? Um, in what way can I move that without judgment? Most importantly, without judgment, that makes me feel good. What is one way that I can move today? without judgment that will make me feel good, indoor space, outdoor space, um, whatever. Even if you're not a hiker and you haven't identified with that label, don't worry about it. You can, you don't have to have that label to be a hiker. Go on that mountain and you walk that mountain. Um, very base level questions. And then what, are, what, are you, what do you think when I say invite playfulness and childness? childlikeness into your life is there any resistance there is there any judgment there of the word playfulness or childlikeness um and just sit with that to see what where if there is any resistance and what that could be masking um boundaries where do i need boundaries in my life mm. and then can i add to that yes yes of course. well and actually it's because you, you focus on saying yes it's like how can I say yes to myself more? Yes, thank you, Marin. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was wondering how I was going to weave that in. Thank you. So, how can I say yes to myself more? Hmm. You, you ask these questions and the things just come up to you as well. Um, and then after that answer comes out, you, you don't need to hold on to it. Just to, just to be. There's nothing to remember here. There's nothing that you don't already know. Hmm. Okay, there's lots of things that I've said there. Um, and I will, I will, we'll close there. Hey, Maren, thank you. I think so. That was a beautiful way to close it, actually. So thank you. And it was so lovely talking to you today. So thank you for coming on the show. And to people who are listening, Maren, yo, I hope that, I hope mm. you get what you need. I hope your heart feels good. I hope you feel held. I hope you smile today. I hope you feel supported. You and I hope that the things that you want for your life, I hope that you make it happen. I hope that it comes to you. And I hope that you lock that in. Your mm, such a great way to wind off having a few little questions to help us integrate uh, what we've learned today. Because yeah, it's it's I agree that sometimes podcasts you just so much information and then you don't know what to do at the end so yeah i hope you get around to journaling or pondering 
those questions and feel free to hit either myself or Monique up with with any thoughts, any questions, or if you want to go deeper, I will put Monique's uh, details in the, the podcast description. So her email and Instagram handle will be there. Um, and of course, if you're getting value out of the show, please like, subscribe, review, and share. If you know anyone else who might love it, please share um, every little help. Otherwise, sending love and wishing you all the best.